This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego, Ursa 2018, with Blair McKinney, who I've known since 1999. 1999. When we did the uh, the Washington Apple com body transformation <laughs> on AOL dial-up. That's right. And uh, we were getting, uh, we, we had thousands of people um, eating apples and, uh, and transforming their bodies. And basically, the results that we're trying to get people hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. The delivery and the communication has. Uh, yep. Um, and I think it's probably gone more back to uh, eating whole foods and, and, and apples. Is yeah, probably, that's right. That's right. You know, kind of kind of come full circle. Um, so, Blair, good, good to see you again. Good and welcome to, you, to the show. Thank you. So, um, you know, you've been in the industry for, uh, you know, a veteran of the industry. Yeah. Um, we've known each other for a long time. You've seen a lot of different... Uh, paths to getting people fit and, and communicating and listening to your members. So why don't you talk a little bit about Medallia, which is a very simple but, but complicated um, mm-hmm. algorithm to figure out, you know, hey, look, I'm going to get my members into the club and I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to learn. And that's going to help me basically run my entire business model. So why don't you talk about the, the framework of okay. Medallia? Go from there. Yeah, so, and, and Medallia is uh, an enterprise software. It solves big, hairy problems for major companies. What we did, and I spent three years at Medallia in Palo Alto, and what I was given the resources to sort of you know, tame that specifically for the fitness vertical, and then given exclusive rights to the fitness vertical, then I stood up a new company to become Medallia's partner for the fitness vertical. So it is the full-on enterprise technology with an opinion applied to it so that it can scale down instead of selling it to people with $1 billion P&Ls, it can sell to somebody with a million dollar P&L and they can afford it. So, you know, think of it as sort of taking what everybody thinks and feels, turning that into data and, and data visuals that allow you to make quick decisions around customer experience. We just sort of democratize the voice of customer throughout your organization. And, and it's, it's based on a, a net promoter score concept? Uh, so you know, most, like by earlier yeah, 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 versions yeah. of it. Yeah, so that has sort of become the gold standard for benchmarking against other industries, uh, clubs within your industry. We service about 520 clubs, so you can benchmark. You can't see those clubs, they can't see you, but you get benchmarking against them. So the way I explain net promoter score is net promoter score is to your customer experience as EBITDA is to your P&L. It's a good North Star. Got it. It's it's a it's a good metric to align everybody in the company to say that you know that's the that's the mountain in the distance we're going to climb. Sure. But sure. it is not how you manage your customer experience. You can get some information from that, but it's far more important to understand the detailed drivers of Net Promoter Score. It's a big difference because this is how you engage your teams. Mm-hmm. When your teams know that you have an expectation that their trailing 90-day staff friendliness score should be 9.3 or greater and that's baked into position descriptions, that is a different level of engagement. Try to talk to your 22-year-old front desk person about net promoter score. Right, right. But talk to them about- how's that, how's that going these days? Yeah, exactly, right? So, <laughs> so, so it's critical to really understand the entire customer journey and know how to engage everybody on the team in that customer journey and take some ownership of their portion of that journey. Then mm-hmm. people take a lot of pride in it. So when, when you take a look at the, at the end result, um, like mm-hmm. you look at the end result of like, okay, here, this is how we did at the end of the month on a EBITDA, club level EBITDA standpoint. 
um, when you look at it from the results that are coming out of the system here and the scorecard, you're basically saying, look, I, I can unravel this into the different components of actually how we did yep. and take like a qualitative, you know, feeling of, hey, how's the club feel mm -hmm. to here's what the club feels like, but quantitatively, you know, recorded or reported. That, that's right. And, okay. and, the, and the, the metrics are really important. Certainly the voice of the customer and the verbatims give you some stuff that's instantly actionable. And sometimes you do deep dive root cause on a single comment. Right. So there's, a, you, there's, no, there's no reason not to uh, have like a comment field from uh, people telling you certain things about the club. But you're also right. saying, look, if I'm going to manage multi-locations, you know, I also need some, some data points. And, That's right. And, and, and actual numbers to figure out, like, how I benchmark against myself, benchmark against others, and diagnose what the issues are before they become serious problems. That's exactly right. You're, you're moving way upstream, way up ahead of cancellation, and, you know, you're, just, you're moving to the kind of the root of, I mean, like in this business, in the fitness business, the experience is the product. I mean, right. you, you can't... You know, I, I can't separate out my my plant and equipment from my people, policies, business practices, mm -hmm. processes, other members. They all they all kind of blend into one big stew. And so when you come into my club, you don't get to access equipment without going through those rules and policies and programs and everything else. Sure. And sure. so that's just baked. They're, they're all baked together. And to understand how that customer thinks and feels about it in real time, every day, not you know, once a quarter, not once a month. It's, it's data should flow in every day so that you can build in the operational habits that gets everybody engaged in managing the customer experience. Right, so when you think about the experience side of it, and then you also think about the results that members are getting, mm -hmm. obviously those things are, are entwined. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm getting the results in a place that I enjoy getting that mm -hmm. experience, that seems to be like the winning formula oh or boy. like the like <laughs> the, the shining yeah. the shining light at the end of the so on the club I, I we believe that one of the most important questions you can ask in that member feedback in this business is um, their satisfaction with their fitness results that's a key metric for us sure and so i've just done a bunch of research and i've been bringing it out at a at an event here in may and do you want to do you want to preview it here for sure, our listeners sure sure so about we'll, we'll get everyone to sign a verbal okay, confidentiality so, yeah, agreement right now okay um, okay about you, 900 go, go. Go. Yeah. <laughs> a verbal confidentiality <laughs> agreement um about 900,000 data points over the last 12 months wow. when okay. we uh when we filter people that gave themselves fitness results of nine or 10. So they said, how satisfied are you with your fitness results, nine or 10? Net promoter score for that group is 75.8. Okay. People that gave themselves- should, is, is, that, is that high enough or is that, or is that, 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 or is that, that lower? Okay, good point. I should, I should say, it's a, so net promoter score is a 200 point scale. Okay. So it goes from minus 100 to plus 100. Okay. It is really hard to move above, above 60. We do have a bunch of clubs that live up in that rarefied air. I mean, that's a, that's a tough space to live in. So when you when you talk about a seventy five point eight, got it. So so here's the nine so or seventy five point eight. If it was a, if it was zero to a hundred, mm -hmm. then a seventy five point eight would basically be like you know like an A, a plus. Yes, but, a, but, but except it's minus one hundred to plus one hundred. Right. So right. it's it's way up the scale. Yeah, I got it. And then when it. you filter and you take the people that give their fitness results a zero to six, net promoter score drops to minus eleven. Gotcha. So it moves down to the negative side. Now, to make a comparison on this, P 
people that rate Jim Cleanliness a 9 or 10 have a net promoter score of about 68. Rate Jim Cleanliness a 0 to 6, their net promoter score drops to minus 40. So what happens is the, the, the highest, when we look at different 9-10 groups across any actionable attribute and compare it to net promoter score, the very highest are those that give their fitness results a 9 or 10. So, it, you, so you're dead on. I mean, you know, if, if I'm getting the results I need, right. you know, if the club is clean, if the people are nice, if your business practices don't do violence to that great experience, you know, it's right. it's tough for people to leave. It, they, it also sounds like, and, and I'm just I'm just pulling a couple of pieces of, I'm pulling a couple of conclusions out of what you just said. But if, if I'm not getting the results, but the place is clean, and I like the experience, the customer is basically saying like, look, it's not your fault. Like it's oh. actually, no, it's actually my so this, like I need to work yeah. a little harder because this place like is set up for me to be successful. One of the beautiful <laughs> things about this question, and we teach this all the time, because we don't just sell the technology, we teach the methodology, we teach strategy, and we do tactical training, everything. So one of the things we tell people is the beauty about the fitness results question is, it's never your fault. The member will always blame themselves for bad fitness results. Hmm. That gives you the opportunity, especially when you're closing the loop, to be the hero in that and say, you know, look, Pete, it looks like we could help you better with your fitness results. Are you selling me something right I now? I am. I'm trying to okay, sell you something right go, now. Go, go for and it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to set you up on a checkpoint session with our trainers, whatever their session is, right? A free session. And that yeah. engages them. True. On the opposite side, when people give a 9 or 10 on fitness results, they almost always give you the credit or one of your trainers, or one of your instructors. So it is, it's a beautiful metric, and it's a great way to re-engage people. And, and plus, we, we've got to remember what business we're in, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is why we're here. Yeah, we're getting people results. I mean, mm -hmm. um, sometimes, and, and we've had a couple of other discussions where uh, that gets lost in the shuffle of yeah. like yeah. how good your equipment is or what your program is like. Okay, are people getting results from allocating the time mm -hmm. to whatever they're trying to, to accomplish? Mm -hmm. and could we make that as painless as possible? Yep. And, so, and, and then how do we manage for that customer success? So sure. right now, you know, it's one thing to have a, uh, you know, your sales pipeline management, but, but then post-sale, taking a lesson from the SaaS world, from software as a service world, you know, post-sale, once we, you know, how do we look at that data when we onboard them? How do we look at that member record continuously so that we can actually try to manage them for success over time, not just before the sale and after, you know, eight weeks of onboarding or four weeks of onboarding. All right, so I want to ask you a, a somewhat of a philosophical question based right. on everything we just talked about. Yeah. When you stop and look at the data and you say, okay, look, there's a certain type of person here mm -hmm. that is giving us the kind of marks that we want and we're actually working to get those results for those people. Do you ever look at this data and say, you know what, like there's a segment here that either we're not serving properly, they're not responding to it, let's not market to them anymore. Absolutely, no, absolutely true. And I, and I think every brand sort of has their, you know, their advocates and, and you're, you, know, you attract for that certain brand. What Peter Drucker said, the, to, to the best way to create a loyal customer is to sell to the right person in the first place. Right. And right. oftentimes, I think people go out with promotions where they actually get a lot of the wrong customer for what they're trying to do. And then customers complain and say, you know, what do you mean I can't do power cleans and throw my weights on the floor? Right. Yeah, well, we don't do that here, you know? So when you look at when, when, how much time, I think that um, 
One of the things people do is they spend a lot of time working and not a lot of time thinking. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the what what you're providing them is basically the holy grail dashboard. Mm. And but just because I give you the dashboard doesn't mean it kind of like you can look at it for five minutes. Right, right. So right, how right. do you like right. um, how do you tell people to say like, look, I'm gonna let you use the software. I'm gonna love you as a customer and a client. I'm gonna give you all the consulting and the advice and the the benchmarking, but you gotta actually think about it and think about how it applies to what you're doing, and like then talk to your your employees because this isn't like a you know a report that I give you and then you you read that and then you you know that's so put that's it exactly in a right. This is not some static reporting that gets handed down somewhere. This is a live dynamic in there, responding to customers on a daily basis, embedding metrics into all of your existing meetings. So it's not like you have to create a new meeting architecture, right? You look at your meeting architecture and say, what kind of customer data should inform that weekly housekeeping meeting? What kind of data should inform the weekly manager's meeting? What kind of data should inform the quarterly strategic check-in meeting? What kind of data should inform the annual planning meeting? And that data should live throughout there. It's not like adding a bunch of time, but it's, it's interesting with some of our larger customers, and they just saw one of them walk by here a second ago, and then one, one of their data guys, I mean, they're taking, they're taking that customer experience data. You know, they're, they're concatenating that data with a lot of other data, and we're starting to understand these pictures of, you know what, that's our ideal customer. We just, we've discovered who our consistent raving fans are that mm -hmm. have come into this brand based on how we've marketed the promises we've made out in public, the promises that we're keeping inside the club, and then for others, you know, where there appears to be a big delta between what their expectation was and what we're delivering, mm -hmm. so they're starting to get a much deeper understanding of their customer and who their ideal customer is. So, at, you know, you and I have been in the industry, you've been in the industry longer than I have, and uh, a lot of this was based on, you know, intuition. Mm -hmm. um, That's right. Back in the day, mm -hmm. it was based on like, hey, I think I know my customer. You know, I, I go in there a couple of times a week and I talk to people and mm -hmm. I look around. So how much enthusiasm do you have when you kind of meld the fact of you understand how to get people results? Now I can quantify it for you. Mm -hmm. Now I can give you like easy to use dashboards and feedback loops. So you can not only just educate yourself, but you can educate your employees. This isn't, you know, some kind of algorithm that. Uh, right. You know, you need to take an online class to figure right. out. Yep. You know, so if people start to utilize all these tools mm -hmm. and the tool kit providers can continue to make it as visually appealing as possible and, right. and help you get the results, what's the challenge? So the, the challenge is, do the human beings that run the organization have the courage to work on other things besides marketing, sales, accounting, and do they have the courage to take that and actually do the real differentiation work, which lives in how your people behave with one another, you know, the, the buzz, you know, culture, right? It's how are you going to be more deliberate about that, about your culture, so that sort of those first level things that all businesses do can be leveled up based on the culture and based on how people work together, and are you willing then to also work on people's leadership and management? It's like, it's like just kind of moving up the pyramid of the things that a company is willing to spend their time on. So frequently, when times are going really well, people think they know why things are going well. And that, that, that's a mistake that a lot of people make is a lot mm. of times they give themselves the wrong kind of credit for wins. And so when we don't try to change things when we're winning. 
And then when, when things are going bad, sometimes we try to push all those buttons of sales and marketing and people like need to elevate themselves and do the really hard work around, around culture. A lot of the companies we're working with now, they're rewriting every single position description in the company. So it's one mm -hmm. to one and a half pages and it's based on responsibilities. They're embedding customer experience metrics into every single position description no matter where you are in the company. If you can't create line of sight to the customer, mm -hmm. it's a position you don't need. I don't care if it's gotcha. back office or anything else. I should be able to create some line of sight to what we're trying to get done with the customer. Even if it says I gotta, I gotta make sure my reports to everybody are accurate and on time so that you can make better customer decisions. So, so as the, the experiential fitness side, which is really like the entire middle market plus mm -hmm. the boutique studio space and you know, even some of the HVLP players now are trying to put in some group acts and trying to do things yep. to get closer to customer. Yeah. So this kind of becomes, you know, one of the, the most integral tools that you're going to use in order to help you guide your business and to understand your own success. But I think you also have to have a new level of humility and understanding that, like, you got to trust what comes out of this because we're not making this stuff up. Trust, it's coming directly right. from the people that are in your club. Trust the data. Trust the data. Trust the voice of the customer. And it gives you a great third-party reference when you're coaching your teams. Yeah, right? I great. mean, you, 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 it's not me saying it. I mean, I've, got, I've got actual evidence here that the customer says that they believe that people at the front desk are fairly indifferent. You know, why, how are they getting that perspective and how are we going to fix it? Right, right. You know? And as long as, as it appears, it seems to me that as long as your employees... And any 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 stakeholder that that's involved, whether it's mm -hmm. a personal trainer, which insource, outsource, whatever it is, um, the cleaning people, as long as they have a full 360 view on a daily or weekly or monthly basis of what the data is saying, there's nothing. Nobody should take offense to it. I mean, it's like, look, this is what we're learning. Okay, here's some good stuff. That's right. Here's some bad stuff. Just giving it to you straight, and let's like stew it back up, and let's figure out if we can get better. So that's exactly right. Yeah. it's feedback, man, and you and you use that yeah. feedback to get better every day. All right, good. All right, well, you're gonna give me some feedback after this. We're gonna turn the mics off first, so I know okay. I can handle it, you know, <laughs> without a without a huge audience. But it's it's great to see you again. Good to see you, Pete. And I'm um, glad things are going well. And uh, you know, let's make sure people are using the data, trusting their gut, doing the work, and. Continue to get people results. Work hard. I like the Halo project, by the All way. All right. All right. Thank Health, you. active lifestyle, outdoors. Here we are. The Halo effect. You are part of it, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, man.